I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, Good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And... If you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen with some talk birdie to me bonus content. So Nick, is it what what is it? The hundred and twentieth, hundred and twenty second? What which one is it? US yeah, Open. You were very close. Number one hundred and twenty-three. The hundred and twenty-third US Open at LA Country Club. And I'm as excited about this one just because of the course, as I would be for a Pebble Beach US Open, which mm. we're going to see next week with the girls, which is, uh, is it next week? No, it's a couple, uh, weeks, is cu- it? couple of weeks. Actually, they've got back-to-back majors coming up, the uh, Women's PGA, then the US Open. That's unusual in the world of sport, <laughs> it isn't is. it? It's yeah. very unusual the way the girls do it, but yeah, more power to them. It's great. They get a couple of majors away uh, one week after another. The golf course, uh, the more I see it, Nick, the more I'm falling in love with this place. Mm. Uh, I saw Gil Hans uh, talking about uh, the changes that he'd made and some of the reasoning that he'd made them. Um, the sixth hole, the 15th, you know, the little par three that might play at 90 yards, uh, so 80 metres. It might play at 80 yards, I've heard. Or 72 metres. <laughs> so, I mean, I can't wait to see what happens there. Um uh, look, I don't know. I've never played the course. I know a few people who have played the course. Yep. They've always walked away saying it's fantastic, but uh, I had no idea it was like this. Yeah, it's it's right in the middle of LA too. That's the most bizarre thing. The, the Playboy Mansion is, is on the golf course. On the golf course. On about one of the back nine holes, or maybe the front nine holes actually might be the fourth or something like that. But uh, it's been 75 years since uh, LA has hosted uh, a major. Yeah. Can, can you believe that? The last one was uh, 1948, uh, Ben Hogan. Yeah. Do you so, know where? So hang on, John Rahm won one in California, oh, but sorry. not no, but not not Los Angeles, exactly what Los you're saying. Los Angeles, yes. So, well, San Diego is where Torrey Pines is, so it's yep. about an hour and a half away, but you're, you're exactly right. I hear some people talking about it's like Central Park, mm. but it's golf, you know, yeah. the, the way it's all set up, so it's <laughs> sensational. Yeah, the course is incredible. It's the north course. There's north and south, obviously. George Thomas, the designer. 
it's past 70, 7,400, just yep. over 7,400 yards. Bent greens, Bermuda rough. Uh, that's going to be very interesting. We've seen a lot of pictures and talk about that rough. They've been dropping balls early in the week into the yeah. rough. But they always do that. They always do. Every major. And then as the, the week goes on. The thing that fascinates me about the course is these wispy bunkers around the greens and yeah. the fescue grass and how thick that is. That's going to be very tricky. And the other part about the bunkers Sand is very soft. Yeah. So the players are going, if you're in a fairway bunker here, this is a real penalty because it's going to be hard to make good contact. And then around the greens, in very soft sand, that tends to be a little grainier, I guess you could yeah. say, and very hard to uh, get spin on the ball in that regard. So I don't think they'll be spinning the ball too much out of the bunkers. So if you have been lucky enough to play there, what I keep being told is that they have filled these bunkers with sand. So to what you're saying, so normally... Mm. The sand is for members, you know, which, uh, you know, make it, well, yeah, honestly, your average member would get up and down from a bunker <laughs> one time in 10, one time in 15, one time in 20. And normally that's because they've got a whole, uh, you know, a, a 10 footer. Yeah. But when the big boys have come to town, they've filled them right up. Mm. And I kind of like it because, you know, the bunkers are raked to with, you know, they are literally perfect, yeah. aren't they? I well, mean, you played on the PGA Tour. I've never seen the way the way the caddies rake the bunkers and the way the courses are prepared. This seems to make it fair to me. Yeah, but you'd so often, if you're hitting into a green, you go, get in the bunker Yeah, if you're going to miss the green because you don't want to be in this thick rough, especially the US Open, the US PGA, one of these events where they really grow that rough mm. up around the green. The other thing about the golf course is they talk about this marine layer, which is basically a fog. It comes in in the morning, yeah, and that will be the time for the good scoring because conditions will be a little softer, sun's not out, there won't be much wind, but in the afternoons what tends to mm. happen is the sun comes out and it gets windy and that's when it's going to be very tricky. So you'll see probably good scores in the morning rounds. I would, I would think if this sort of marine layer is about, that misty sort of feel, and then as the day goes on, you'll find, and the week goes on, I think on the weekend, especially late in the day, it's going to play mm. firm and fast. And as Rory said, I mean, he saw the you saw the interview where he called it a bit of a, has a sandbelt feel to it, a bit yep. of bit of Seminole, a bit of Shinnecock, you know, yeah. it's a bit of a mixture of all these golf courses. It's so unique for a US Open. Such a good mix as well when you're talking like that. Paul McGinley said it's like a sandbelt course. A, a number of players have said it is like a sandbelt golf course. Now, you would think that would give some Australian players a better look, but only if it really does play like a sandbelt golf course. And the great news is the forecast is absolutely perfect. Right. So only a seven-mile-an-hour wind, which is what is about 12. So a 12-mile-an-hour wind uh, every single day yep. and no rain forecast. Well, it's, it's LA. It never rains, right? So you know the USGA better than I know the USGA. <laughs> I do. They are going to have... Those greens oh, and fairways rock hard they, by the weekend. They will. The fairways are generous, like very wide off the tee, and that suits a, a Cam mm. Smith-style player, as we were talking about earlier. But uh, those greens and the pin positions, the thing about these greens, you see these little areas, they're very large greens, but yeah. they're unusual shapes. There's no real rhyme or reason to them, and they go into these little sort of slivers, and, and there's these seven or eight-yard spots where they can put these pins, and then if you go long or short, you're absolutely dead. And yeah. I mean, the path, uh, sorry, the path threes, there's five of them, and it sucks a, such a unique mix. There's two over 280 yards. Yeah. There's one at 125 yards, and as yeah. we said, it could play as little as 80 yards. Ricky Fowler said the other day, if I've got that shot to the front right pin, it's 80 yards, I'm going to lay up with a lob wedge. Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah. Lay up with a lob wedge. <laughs> Out to the right. Out to the right. Out to the right. He's going to miss the green on uh, purpose from 80 yards and putt 
up the hill. And if you're in the lead, coming down that final stretch and you've got to par, yeah. par the final three holes, guess yeah. what? You've got three brutal par fours to finish. 542 yeah. yards 16th. Yeah. Uh, 520 yards, 17th, yeah. and then almost, what is it, 492, the 18th. So yeah. if you can make three fours. Peter Thompson used to talk about that a lot of the time. He said, uh, make sure you can par the last four holes of a golf course. Well, in this case, par the last three. Those those yeah. three fours, they'll do you a lot of good at the end of the week. I, I heard Rory talking about that 15th hole, and it is a bit of a fascination for so many. Mm. Um, and one of the you might be thinking, why is it going to lay up? Well, the reasoning is if it's downwind and you hit it short, it's going to plug in because the, there's so much sand in the bunker in front. Yep. And they actually said that if you hit the lob wedge and it takes one bounce and lands in the back trap, because it's a lob wedge and it's still going to have a lot of spin on it, that one's going to plug as well. <laughs> so if you misjudge your lob wedge to that particular yep. pin, it'll either plug in the front trap perhaps or plug in the back trap and there's no chance of actually – you're going to have to then aim away from – that flag, that hole, you're going to have to go up the green and then you've got a two-putt from there. I know. Yeah, I mean, that front right-hand pin, I hope they put it there a couple of days because that's just going to, I think, yeah. set the golf world on fire. That'll be brilliant. But the other thing about the golf course, which won't be great for viewing, I think it's going to be slow as far as the players, uh, the rounds. You know, they're talking five-and-a-half, six-hour rounds. Well, why? Why is well, that? Well, there are a lot of crossovers with some of these holes and things where the tees and the greens are next to each other. The other thing is when you've got par threes at almost 300 yards, they're going to take a while. Yep. You've got a reachable par four in the six. The par fives are reachable bar one unless they move the tee up a little bit. So you know what pace of play is like. Yep. And given how it's a unique course in the fact that they're saying, look, There'll probably be some 64s out there, but there also could be some 84s as well. You know, if you're playing well, you can score around this golf course, but if your game's a little bit off, it's you're on the bogey train for a long time. So Yeah. So so tell me this, with, with that in mind, um, and once we make the cut, and I think it's the top 65 regular tour events, is it top 70 here? I'm not sure it's going to be one or the other. Um, you, you know it better than I do. If there's 10-minute intervals uh, on round one and round two, do they bump that out a little bit for round three and four? I mean, they're going to be playing in twos, hopefully, unless it's, you know, unless 90 people make the cut. Mm. So if they're playing in twos on the weekend and they know that there is a chance of slow play, can they, can they, you know, maybe put a... Uh, a, a starters tea time here and there to, to spread the field out. Maybe have a what, what a starters tea time. By the yep. way, for people who don't know, it's they just leave a tea time blank, right. and 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 they might you know your British Opens used to anyway. They used to have two starters tea times throughout the day on a, on a one tea start on rounds one and two. Um, Maybe they do a starter's tea time here or there and have 11-minute intervals or 12-minute intervals on the weekend. Because we don't want to see that. We don't want to see players waiting on tees. It's no good. Well, the good thing about the weekends, and as to your point, hopefully they're in twos, so that should speed up play rather than threes. Um, and you've got less players, obviously. And they'll just do the one tee start. Given it's a you know first and tenth tee start, yeah. first two days, that's what also can yeah. slow things down in that and regard. And it's coming up to the longest day of the year up there at uh, uh, the Northern Hemisphere mm. as well. So they've got plenty of daylight. One last thing on sort of the golf course is uh, I've noticed uh, the 14th tee, the par five, they've got these cameras set up like it's it's going to be like the Matrix. <laughs> I, I saw a picture of it where they've, they've got all these cameras around the tee. I, I'm going to be fascinated to watch uh, the the reviews of the golf swings they do because there'll be slow mo and all these different yeah, angles. I love that. I love it. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and also, we saw at the uh, the US PGA uh, the earpods were in. So 
I imagine the USGA will follow suit. Now, you'd be going, well, if they're doing it in one major, why wouldn't they do it in mm. the other? The reason is it's the PGA of America, so it's all the pros run the US PGA, and it's the amateur body that runs the USGA events or the US Opens. So do you think they will? I'm hopeful they will in rounds one and two. Mm. It's funny, you know, the player inside of me still says, leave them alone when they're trying <laughs> to win the trophy. Just leave them alone and let them play. But in rounds one and two... If you've got a player, for instance, playing the 15th or the the, the short sixth hole, yep. which is the drivable one. That would be so good to hear. If you've got a player on there and you've just watched him on the tee, have his hand on the driver, then it goes to the three <laughs> or the four wood, and then it ends up going to a five or a four iron or something like that. And then he goes and hits the four iron, for instance. Yep. Then he puts the earbuds in, then you go, okay. We saw you with one hand go from the driver to, yep. the, to a fairway wood to the iron. What were you thinking? Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, same here. But if they are doing that, they've got issues because they should have made that decision <laughs> before they get to the tee, that's for sure. But the PGA Championship, that worked out well because they had Michael Block on the weekend. Yeah. You know, so he, he wasn't, you know, knew he wasn't going to win the tournament, but... Uh, but it was great exposure for him. Now, will you get some of the biggest players doing that? We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I know Rory did it at the PGA in the first round or the second round. and Or did he do it at the Masters as well? I think uh, he did it at the Masters. Did he do it at the Masters? Um, I, I, don't know. So. Oh, I didn't see that at the Masters. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, look, it's fantastic if they're doing that sort of stuff. But, again, uh, hopefully they're doing it in rounds one and two mm. and leave everybody alone on the weekend when they're really trying to get their name engraved on a magnificent sports trophy. Uh, that is the US Open. Um Let's talk about our picks because uh, that's really what we're all here to talk about and to, to listen to. Um, I've got three in mind. I've got two that I think are really, really good yep. things. Yep. And I've also got a roughie, but I want to start with you. Who's your number one pick to win this thing? Yeah, the, the, I said earlier in the week, uh, for me, Jordan Spieth, I really like the way that he was shaping up. But the more I listen to and, and watch and sort of hear about Brooks Kepka, mm. it's hard to go past that guy. Just his mentality in these types of major championships and how I think tough the golf course will play on the weekend when yeah. par's going to be probably a good score. I mean, they're talking the winning score somewhere around 6 to 10 under, I would say. But yeah. that could go anywhere depending on how they set up the course and where the pins go and when... Par's a good score. Brooks thrives. And as we know, he rises to the occasion for the majors. And in his mind, he's he's gaming for double digits. He's got five. He's one short of his six-pack, if you remember Bryson, <laughs> Bryson DeChambeau uh, yeah. when they were going at it on social media. So he gets one more for the six-pack, and then he's on his way to his ten. So for me... Brooks Kepka is my number one pick at the moment, but I've got three like you. Who's yeah. yours? Well, Brooks is in mine as well. It's hard to escape him. And I've got him at number two just because he's Brooks Kepka. Yeah. Okay. okay, so I've got him at number two. But my number one is Scotty Scheffler, yeah. and I changed considerably. He's my number two. He's your number two. Okay. <laughs> flipped. So he changed considerably when I found out about what he did at the memorial from tee to green. Yeah. Now, for as long as they've been keeping shots gained stats, um, it's it's been, you know, you, you see some of the best tee to green performances of a week. Now, to be plus 20 shots gained for the week, uh, that gets you in the top three. And Scotty Scheffler at the Memorial, his week at the Memorial from, from tee to green is the number two tee to green week ever seen on the PGA Tour. How he didn't win with his putting ability 
nobody seems to understand. Now, he played great in the last round. So, I'll tell you why he didn't win. Yeah, go on. It's because he was last in putting. There you go. Okay. <laughs> it was a shocking week for him putting. It was like minus eight on the on the greens or something like that. And where did he finish second or third? Uh, or? Third. Third. Like one out of the playoff. It was crazy. The other stat you'll love about, yeah. uh, about Scheffler, he has played, he's had two wins this year. He's played 16, I'm sorry, in his last 16 tournaments. Yeah. Has not finished outside the top 12. Yeah. I mean, just think about that. that it's is, ridiculous. That's Tiger-esque. So he, here's my thinking on Scheffler, and this is probably the reason that he's the favourite and not Brooks Kepka. If you have a week like that together from tee to green and you putt like Scotty Scheffler normally putts, I'm a, I'm a big believer that no matter how damning the evidence – so, for instance, you've come last mm-hmm. at Memorial – Great putters always believe they are great putters. For sure. It, it, it is just in their head. Yep. All right, so they've had a bad week. He won't even care. He'll just go to – he had the next week off, and I would be staggered, probably like you, that he hasn't sorted his putting out. You're right about the great putter mentality. I've heard he, he's not even talking about his putting, and that's the thing. Someone mentioned it the other day. It might have been Brandel Chambly or yeah. some, someone like that where they said – Putting is like uh, having a ghost. You don't talk about it because if you do, that they come and haunt you. Yeah, <laughs> so it's best, very good. Best to leave it alone. You do not talk about your putting. That's right. Uh, when you're putting great, you don't say you're putting great you because if you it. do that, you're going to start putting poorly. And if you're putting poorly, <laughs> you're not going to start putting great. It's just going to keep getting worse. It's and, exactly right. And the best putters in the world, I mean, I might have told this story a while ago, but uh, Brad Faxon, I've played with him a few times over the years, and I remember him having a round where he had 35 putts or something right. like that Disaster. in the golf, which is not great for Brad. I'll go so, for anyone. Yeah, someone said to him afterwards, look, uh, it's a shame you putted so poorly. He says, what do you mean? I, I putted fantastic. The ball just didn't go in today. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's the sort of mentality you have to have. And if Scheffler, the thing with Scheffler, his, his tee to green game, if he just keeps doing that, he only has to putt average. Yes. He doesn't even have to putt well to win this golf tournament. Yeah, and the win by some margin, I would imagine. Because I just don't see, even though Brooks is a magnificent tee to green man, I don't see him matching Scotty Scheffler at, if they're both putting their best. Mm. Or even, here's a bit right. If Scotty Scheffler putts average and so does Brooks, then I think Scotty wins she- by 10. Scheffler has the advantage. Yeah, he, he wins by 10. Uh, now, my, my roughie, have you got a roughie as well? I have got a bit of a roughie, yeah. Okay. Well, it better not be Justin Rose. <laughs> no. <Is it>? <laughs> <laughs> he's not a roughie. He's, looking, he's a former US Open champion. Yeah, I know. But I looked at uh, the, the odds at the start of the week. Yeah. He's paying $51. Oh, you got on that, obviously. So the, yeah, I did. Oh, well done. I did. So um, he, he's the only person I've put any money on this week, and it's purely because he's so far above the odds. Yeah. I, I, would have, I would have Justin Rose just watching what he's been doing, knowing – um, how well he plays hard and fast golf with his background coming mm-hmm. from uh, coming from Britain. Uh, his love of sandbelt golf courses as well. But I, I've been watching him swing. He's swinging that well. Mm. And I don't think he's finished out of the top 20 or something crazy like that in the last five, six, seven yeah. weeks, something like that. And he's building. I can just, I can just feel it. Can. So when I saw him at $51 and I'm thinking he should be probably about 17 or 18, something like that. I just thought it was too good to, to pass up. Because <laughs> You've got to throw a few shekels on that. Absolutely. absolutely. Anyway, wow. I'll buy, actually, if he gets up, I'll buy you a drink. Yeah. I'll buy you a lemon squash. Oh, but thank you. That'd be nice. Or a gl- <laughs> glass of Pinot would be good as well. <laughs> so who's your roughie? Um, my roughie, and, well, could you call him a roughie? Because he's one of the best players. Tyrrell Hatton. 
Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to say Tyrrell Hatton because... Uh, he almost won last week as well. Final, he, was, he was looking good. Final round 62. That's yep. an incredible effort. So you're going in with good form. He didn't yep. have a great Saturday. But you never, the thing with Tyr- Tyrrell I'm a little worried about is you never know what the head's going to do. Yes. But he's always around there. Though. One of the best ball strikers in the world, really good with his wedges and can put the lights out when he can get it going. So he's, he's a little bit of a roughie, you could say that. But he's probably still he's up know, there, 20, yeah. 20, in the low 20s to 1 or something like that, I would imagine. So. Yep. So, so there's three in that regard. And then the thing is, we've also got a lot of other players around. Like, we haven't even spoken about Rahm or McElroy. Yeah. Cantlay's a local. Uh, Morikawa's a local. Xander. Xander. Uh, yeah. Jordan Spieth. And, yeah. you know, there's Did you all say these... Max? Max Homer? So there's a few Californians, Max. yeah. Who oh, do, he holds do. the course record, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. He shot a 61. Uh, and Cantlay, I believe, shot a 62. So they, they were the, mm. the course record holders. And I, I reckon, was it? Was it Cantley or Max or no? It was Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. This is the other reason. Scotty Scheffler played a Walker Cup there, 2017. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, did, did quite well mm-hmm. uh, and, and enjoyed the golf course. Yep. So there's a lot to a lot to like about Scotty Scheffler. I think it's one of those courses you need a bit of local knowledge too, with the greens and where to miss and where not to miss and things like that. So that's um, going to be fascinating in that regard. But let's have a look at our Aussies. Aussies. I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, well, you, you start off. Who's who have you got on top of the list? Well, so, why, why don't we do this? Let's have a uh, what's a pass mark and what's a win for each player. Okay, all right. I, I really was really tempted to put Cam Smith in there in my top three uh, that we just spoke about earlier as, as my, my three picks. But he's so, what, why is that? Well, the golf course um, is not your typical U.S. Open course as we've spoken about. Uh, it's not tight rough everywhere it's certainly very open off the tee it yeah. favors a draw shape which is his natural yeah. shape off the tee and some people are saying rory's you know that's in his, his favor as well you're going to need an amazing short game and wedge game around this golf course and it'll be a great putter all these things just line up perfectly for uh, for, for, for yeah. smithy his best result was in 2015 where he finished tied for fourth but yeah. it's a bit hard to know what his form's like obviously when playing the live tour you don't yeah. quite know how they're going there but i I think he shot 62 in his last round there and has had a week or two off now and um, yep. and is refreshed and ready to go. And got there early, I believe, as well, just for a good look around the golf mm. course. So he, he'll know what he's going to do. You would think, all things being equal, um, that Pinehurst or this joint is where he's most likely going to win his US Open, if yep. he's got one in his future. So, uh, look, a pass mark for someone like Cameron Smith's top 20 and a win is a win yeah. for Cameron Smith. Yeah, a win is a win, as you say. Yeah. I think if he if he finishes outside the top ten, he'll be a bit disappointed for sure. Who's next on your list? Uh, Adam Scott. Right, Adam is Scott. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it could have been Jason Day, but I'm going with Adam Scott. Reason being, he's just you know I was looking up a few stats earlier, and he's you know the driving distance is obviously there. Um, given you know, he's in his forties now, but he's uh, and this is an interesting one. He's 32 in strokes gained putting, so he's putting a lot better Play than people well. think. Yeah, putting a lot better than people think. I think he's number one on tour from 10 to 15 feet as well. By yep. the way, yep. He's in top 20 sand saves, which is a little surprising, yeah. um, you know, because we all think about Scotty as the ball striker. But he's been had three top 10s in his last four starts. And the other thing is he loves LA because he's a two-time winner at Riviera. Ah. So, I mean, for him, what's a pass mark there again? I, I think for Scotty, the way he's playing, you know, that top 20 you're saying, top yeah. 15. Yep. And again, he's after a win. It's all about the majors in this yeah, well, I think the golf course really suits him. So I'm going to say pass marks top 15, a little bit better than okay. uh, Cameron Smith, and a win is a win. Uh, there has, there's not too many majors left uh, for Adam Scott, you would think. 
But you know, if, Phil, if well, if Phil Mickelson's winning majors at the age of fifty-one or fifty-two, yeah. then maybe Scotty can keep on winning them until 45, 46. Well, this is his twenty-second U.S. Open, by the way, so he's played in a few. Okay, so who's might, might who, who you got next? Uh, it's got to be Jason Day. You know, what is he ranked now? Twenty-three in the world. He's been a runner-up here a couple of times at the U.S. Open. This is his eleventh time. We know how well he's been playing since the end of last year. I just hope he got there and prepared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had a few practice yeah. rounds. Yeah, because uh, as we know at the PGA Championship, he yeah. didn't even see the golf no, course. He just left so. it up to his caddy. Oh dear, that's the way. So, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> just rock up on the first, and where, where, where do going? I go? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, a bit the same with Jason. He's been playing well enough. Yeah. If he puts well, I think he'll play well this week. Yeah. Top twenties are past. Mark, and again, I think a win is a win. A, a win, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then next, uh, Cameron Davis. This is his debut in the US Open. That's oh, is that right? That surprised me. To be okay. Honest. Although he's 68 in the world, so he's got to be that top 50. So he hasn't quite, a, you know, been around that top 50 for very long these days. He's got all the tools, doesn't he? This he, boy. He does. He's, you know, he had a really good result at the PGA Championship. Played very, very nicely there, and. It's it, it just comes down to experience and how yeah. comfortable do you feel in those situations for him? I think uh, you know a pass mark is probably a top thirty, yep. um, something like that, and top he, five. I think a top five is exactly what I was thinking as as a win. One of the great things he's got uh, is he's got a young man on his bag called Andrew Shooten, and yeah. I love Andrew Shooten as a caddy. He's a good bloke. He, he had he, it's quite he a height could, difference between yes, us. You can yes, there is. Him, you? He had a great swing, Andrew Shooten, and played quite well. Uh, in Victoria in some of our bigger tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to Blackburn Tech. We didn't know, but we went to the same school. at the same school at the same time, Andrew Shooting and I, wow. at, at Blackburn Tech. Um, but I think he's a real weapon uh, to have. I, I think he gets hard and fast golf. Uh, he played a lot of golf, in, uh, like I said, in the sand belt as a kid growing up. And I think he's just a wonderful person yeah. that uh, Cam Davis has got uh, working a, for him. I have a feeling he's probably walked that course about a dozen times yeah. already, getting all the information necessary. Who's uh, next? Uh, next on the list, Lucas Herbert. He's an interesting one. He is. Yeah, he, again, one of the best putters in the world. I couldn't believe he didn't play the President's Cup and he didn't get a pick there. But yeah. uh, he's played a few US Opens. Tied 31st was his best a few years ago. But... Uh, Again, with Lucas, uh, it's a little streaky, so you're never quite sure. There is width off the tee, which will suit him down yep. to the ground. He does love to come into the ball pretty steep and create a lot of spin, yes. which can help on these firmer greens on the weekend, I think. And at the US Open rough, you know. Mm. Got, a, got an 8-iron or a 9-iron out of that US Open rough. He's got, got the swing to do it. You've got to come in steep and hang on for dear life. So, yeah. pass mark, I'm thinking uh, probably top 30 again. Yep, perfect. And then, yeah, top 10, I think it'd be a, a, an a excellent win. result for, yeah. for Lucas. And a step in the right direction. Great for his confidence. And then, who knows, uh, later in the year and, and the rest of his career. Exactly. Min Woo Lee, next up. Um, what did he finish? Tied 27th last year at Brookline. So yeah. that was a good solid yeah. event for him, top 30. Yeah, and uh, had a good week at the PGA, even though these courses are going to play differently. It's still. You know, it's yep. still very much major golf, so he probably feels like one of the boys these days that he can compete. Confidence is growing. Uh, he just needs to get a bit more consistency in the PGA Tour uh, in the US. He's just, you know, a few too many miscuts and things like that. He's a bit streakier. Uh, if he could have that sort of consistency of his sister, that would obviously help, but mm. that's what separates him as, as far yep. as he's just an incredible athlete and talent at the same time. So, again, he's a little bit like Lucas in that regard. I'm not quite sure how he's going to fare this week, and, and a lot will depend on his putting. Similar sort of thing to, to Lucas. I'd say a top 30. A top 30. I agree with that. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Mm. Let's say he's in it Mm. with nine holes to play. 
has he got the strength of mind to win this thing? Because I think he does. Yes. No, yeah. I think he does as well. We saw him in the Players' Championship with that lead, remember? Yep. And he sort of really struggled, but then he knuckled down and he gritted out. And it was actually a really solid round of golf. Well, I was going to say, you learn a lot from those you last do. groupings mm. uh, failures. Uh, you, you learn a lot about yourself. Yep. And uh, he, picked a, he picked himself up off the canvas pretty quickly after the Players' Championship and got back into it. So mm. it didn't hurt him, and I'm only assuming that he's learnt plenty. I think so as well. But I, I'm, I'm going more top five for him. Okay. Top ten. Right, uh, He's up there. Have uh, we got one more? Have we got one more. The uh, the amateur, Carl Phillips, so the Stanford How uh, good college is player. I mean, oh. he was the only Aussie to get one of the 45 spots on offer in the qualifying. Yeah. I mean, how good is that? Co-medalist at his course in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, you know... A pass mark is just making the US Open, right? Yeah, so he's already passed. <laughs> he's already he's passed. already passed. And then what do you think for a, a win? If you make the cut as an amateur yeah. in your first ever major, you you should be doing cartwheels <laughs> all the way back to Stanford. Honestly, brilliant, so brilliant. No, it's, yeah. it's going to be so much fun for him. And he's 21 years old, and he's playing his first major. How good! First time I saw Carl Vilps, uh, he was playing pennant here in Melbourne when he was about 11 years old. Oh, and really? Yeah, there was footage of him and he, he took someone which, down. He had course? a win. I think he was a member at Commonwealth. Okay. It's a long time yeah. ago, so I'm guessing again. But he played number seven in senior pennant wow. and, and had a win and there was video As of it. As an 11-year-old. As an 11-year-old. <laughs> there was video of it. And then I'm pretty sure he went on the win, the big one in um, at Torrey Pines, didn't he? I think he did. I think he won the world championship. Uh, look, if I'm wrong, I, I apologise now, but I'm he pretty sure right. he won that, mm-hmm. you know, with names like Jason Day won it, and um, you know some of the big names. You know, in, He's been in one golf. of the best amateur golfers in the world, yeah, for sure. So, anyway, so mm. great to see him playing as well. Well, I don't care what happens. I reckon uh, the one thing you and I are both going to do after this week is try and get a game at LA Country Club next time we're over there oh, because absolutely. I think the course is going to be a big winner. Um, okay, Doug, that'll do us now. I'm I'm doing a masterclass because you did it last time. Oh, you're going to do a bonus. I'm going to do a bonus masterclass. Love it. And even though we've just been speaking about, well, did we speak about it that uh, shots gained approach is is the stat to actually win yes. U.S. Opens? Yes, that's correct. So you would think, you know, they they, they showed something on the Golf Channel uh, just the other day, and it wasn't tee to green that wins you a U.S. Open. It wasn't putting that wins you a US Open, and it wasn't driving that wins you a US Open. It is approach. So the players are hit the best approaches. So what uh, sort of distances are you talking about here? Just any kind of approach. Into a green. So okay. it's been tied fourth. Wow. So they've gone back uh, since uh, strokes gain has been available in US Opens, and strokes gained approach uh, is the lowest one. So mm. the most champions have been tied fourth. So even though that's the case... I was the worst approach player in the history of professional <laughs> golf. Is that why you never won a US Open? <laughs> That's exactly why I didn't win uh, probably any anything. But what I'm going to do, pressure putting. I mean, to me, in the majors, Ooh, like those it. short putts are the key, and I'm going to do a masterclass on pressure short putting. I love that. Yeah, no, and, very, very good. And I'll just give a little teaser. If you've got a fat gut, this is really going oh, to really? help you. This yeah, if you've, got a, if you've got a little tummy, this one's going to help you. Okay. Oh, I'm, I can't wait to see. I'm, I'm, I'm working on a little, you know. No, you've got, no, mate, the diets that you're I on, know, yeah. you'll never get a big coming. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention one last thing. Yeah. Uh, watch out for, he's not an Australian, but I've got a real soft spot for Austin Truslow, who's playing an American. Oh, this is the one-handed chipper. One-handed chipping guy. I worked with him when I was in the US and I've kept in touch and uh, he qualified for his first major. Oh, I can't it's wait. great to see him. So if you see someone chipping one-handed, just keep an eye out. He's fascinating. Well, look, if he's but, chipping one-handed, I guarantee he'll get on the coverage. You know, he sent me a picture the other day. 
He sent me a picture of him standing next to Scotty Scheffler oh, yeah. at a junior tournament. Yeah. Austin was first, Scotty was second. Oh, boy, we've got to put that out uh, on the socials as well. So it. when this is out, make sure you tag it in. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. From the Australian Golf Centre, home of the PGA of Australia and Golf Australia, this has been a bonus episode of Talk Birdie to Me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. And if you can share the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, that'd be awesome. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design by Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. 